0: Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, the ultimate education show on the forefront of the burgeoning edtech revolution. Join us each week as we interview the most cutting-edge edtech companies, content creators, and curriculum developers across the planet. Scalar, learning, give me that What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I am your host, Huzefa, as always. And today we are talking to somebody who's very influential in the world of YouTube as an online educator and coach. And she has many more roles than than that even. Uh, I actually stumbled across some of her videos when I was looking for some study tips and... I think that what she does is really great. And this is all in line with again, the EdTech revolution of people taking control of trying to dole out good advice, good tactics, good information to people the way they want it the right way. And, and I think your channel is doing great. So. Her channel is first of all her. My guest name is Chetna Vasisht, and her channel is called Chet Chat. So Chet Chat is the largest online chat show with inspiring and motivational people who will provide you all the career guidance that you are looking for. Video chats with professionals on career paths, entrepreneur success stories, and chats with college students on college experiences. So it's a whole lot of information. And like I said, I've come across it in terms of when I'm trying to look up interesting and cool and very scientifically based study tips to improve your mind. So I think it's a it's a great resource you should definitely check it out. So without further ado, Chetna, welcome to the show. Hey, Josefa, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to be on your podcast. Awesome. Thank you for joining. First of all, so tell us where where are you based?
1: So I'm based in Mumbai in India. And uh, yeah, so I do all this work from my little Space
0: here. And that is, by the way, I, I, we, I didn't mention this. That's actually where my family is from. So my parents both grew up in Mumbai and came to the States in basically my dad came in 69. So that's awesome. Very, very cool. So tell us a little oh, bit. wow. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been many times. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get into the world of education and, and counseling?
1: Okay, so uh, the story didn't directly bring me here, as you would have guessed. Uh, I was a banker, and I worked with a couple of multinational banks and uh, decided to somehow wasn't satisfied with uh, the banking profession personally. And so while I was banking on a weekend, I decided to go to an MBA institute called the Indian Institute of Management, and I said, hey, how about if I teach? And they said, sure, hop on. So that started the career in teaching. And I taught at several B schools after that. I set up a training company, et cetera. But I very quickly realized two things. One, that there was limited impact. And B, that I was talking to the privileged few who could make it to these business schools or people who could make it to the banks that I was training and I said, hey, what about people in in smaller cities of India and in some countries around the world where there's absolutely no guidance? So what is it that I can do to reach out to students that actually truly need all of this guidance and are probably getting either misinformed by agents, et cetera, who are vested interests or just don't know what to do with their careers? So... YouTube was sort of an option people suggested it to me but I knew nothing about video shooting editing or any of this in fact I wasn't even too much of a social media person when I set up the channel uh but anyway there was a few coincidences that happened around the time and Chet chat got born so, so
0: that's my little story. It's interesting. We have a lot in common because my story into education is very similar where I was I was a patent attorney and it's, it's the same type of quest. And the funny thing is my, my entrance into social media is much the same. I had literally nothing to do with it. And, and now I love it. Now I love uh, YouTube. I love Instagram. I love creating content. It's, it's really fun. So I commend you for doing that because I totally agree. And this is, again, this is what I've talked about many times. This is part of the education rev- edtech revolution is access. And giving people access to to this great content and information so we so i've i've looked at your channel a bunch i really like it by the way it's it's over three hundred thousand subscribers It's huge on youtube especially in the education sphere tell us a little bit about some of the some of the topics that you cover on your channel
1: okay so this that's been a journey as well i started thinking that study abroad was an area that was not Suitably addressed in in I was looking at India when I started off, so I thought students around different smaller cities didn't know how to study abroad. Practically everyone in India looks to study abroad; it's aspirational, but most they can't afford it, so they they don't know if they have options and scholarships, etc. So my first about 20 25 videos were interviews with students on their experiences at various colleges or uh, scholarships that they may have got and then i started getting these messages from students saying hey you know people who can study abroad are literally like a small fraction there's sometimes the privileged lot again so how about you tell us about careers that are more commonplace so that's when i realized i said you know i need to spread myself around so I got down to, apart from the usual lawyer, doctor kind of careers, I got down to interviewing, uh, for example, a scuba diving instructor or an RG or even a makeup artist or a Bollywood actor or a singer or a choreographer and so on and so forth. And I said environmental biology, for example, these are careers that, that people don't know much about but possibly very passionate about it and possibly some students are dropping out of these careers because they don't know that there is a path and there is a revenue potential that could be exploited. So that was the next step two where I said, let me go into diverse careers. And Step three was when there was a lot of, again, traction from students saying, study abroad, tell us about scholarships. So I went into scholarships, and one of my most popular videos at that time was study in Germany. And that actually got so many subscribers onto our channel because they said Germany's coming up, there's scholarships that they're offering, but no one seems to know how to get them. And so I worked around that and I did a lot of videos on scholarships in Estonia and the U.S. and U.K. and Canada and Australia and New Zealand and Hong Kong and all of that. And... For the past year or so, I've tried to reach out to a wider audience on a more common platform because each one of the previous videos were restricted. If somebody wanted to go to Hong Kong, only they would end up watching the video. So since the past six months, I've made more productivity tips, study tips, timetables, for example, how to focus, how to concentrate, uh, ideas which should help any student, And I'm hoping that with that, I should get the audience to at least like something that I do, enter the base, join in as a subscriber, and then, you know, feel your way around the 200 plus videos and look at what you're looking for, more specialized information and, uh, yeah, so basically that's the journey as far as the videos are
0: concerned. So there's two things that I want to circle back on. So first, I wanted to I want to talk about the study tips because that's how I found you, and I think those are incredible and so important. People, we need more videos and more people talking about the right way to study. That's not really taught, I feel like. Uh, and But let, let's come back to that. The other thing I want to touch on is you mentioned this idea of giving people option information about careers and really careers that they can be passionate about tell us a little bit about this one of your videos it gave five steps to finding a a career you could say infused with passion i can't remember the exact title can you walk us through those five steps or, or the steps in general where you would advise somebody and how they would find their ideal career
1: so okay so this was five steps to choosing the right career so um I won't take you through the whole video because I'm sure they can go out there and watch it. But there was this idea that uh, you should only do what you're passionate about. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit, saying that along with your passion, you must also figure out which are the industries that are going to do well tomorrow. Because we all know there is a statement issued by the World Economic Forum, which says that 65% of the students entering primary school today would end up in careers and jobs that do not yet exist. So 20 years from now, the job scene would look completely different from what it is today. So you need to skill yourself in a manner that you can be ready for a change. So while you're passionate about something now, A, think about what is the future going to be like? Can you predict it? Are there jobs that artificial intelligence, for example, is going to take away? Now, having put all of that in perspective which are the industries that are growing etc etc now you take your passion you take where are you willing to put in the hard work and what do people tell you is good about you because while you may be passionate about dancing but people don't think you're a great dancer you need to introspect so what do people tell you to teach them for instance What is that one thing that people remember about you? So that gives you an idea about what you do better than most other people. So while you're very, very fond of cutting other people's hair, for instance, nobody asks you to cut their hair. So, you know, so so like that. Uh, So that was my idea was telling people how to choose your career. Be future proof. Ideally, I like people to have two skills. So you have a main skill, and, and you know this I didn't do in the video so much, but the background to it is that almost every successful person, so if you take Elon Musk, for example, he did physics, and then he did economics, and then he did computers, and so he uses that science and economics and computers and physics and all of that together to do what he does. We all know that Jeff Bezos took this famous calligraphy class. Not too many people know that Mark Zuckerberg's major in Harvard was uh, psychology and not computer science. Now, that is perhaps the reason why Facebook is so addictive today, because uh, he understood the psychology of people and, and used computer programming to tap into that psychology. So what I try to tell people is that you must have two legs to stand on. You mustn't put all your eggs in one basket because when you have two areas of specialization, you can pivot. When things change tomorrow, five years, ten years down the road, which they will, you must have that alternate skill. That alternate skill could even be guitaring. It doesn't matter. It could be something completely unrelated. It could be art. But if you do art really, really well and you, for instance, know biology really, really well, you could become a prosthetic designer. Who knows? But so so I, I know I could go on about this because this is a topic I'm very passionate about. But broadly, that's what I would tell people to think about when they're choosing their careers.
0: So I, I completely agree. There's two things I wanna I wanna harp on I wanna t- t- touch back on one when you talk about the idea of that one thing that you're really good at I often call that uh, your superpower. So you wanna build something around your superpower and life just gets so much easier when you do that. So I totally agree. The second thing that you mentioned those two things and then the synergy of two things. There's a book called uh, The Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss and I can't remember but one of the accounts from one of the highly successful individuals that he interviewed in that book. It's sort of all these stories. But they say, for example, if you want to be the best at one singular thing, let's say the best surfer in the world, it is extremely difficult to to climb that mountaintop and be the absolute best or be really well regarded in that area. But instead, if you're really, really good in two or maybe three areas and you can sort of blend them and combine them, then you can sort of create this niche where you are the best in that particular niche and it it's not such a difficult difficult journey so I think I think there's a lot of wisdom in in that idea so thank you for saying that now I want to go back to your your study tips this is really important to me because I I spoke with another individual recently on the show called uh, named Jonathan Levy who talks about the idea of how to learn effectively and he uses he teaches people how to create uh, what's called uh, memory palaces essentially tools to, to actually how to learn and how to read effectively and so on and you do the something similar on your channel with these study tips which i think is so important to help students really absorb the most amount of information do the best in school first of all how did, how did you get the idea or to cr- start making, researching and making these videos? Or was it from students asking you, hey, can you provide these?
1: Oh, yes, of course. A lot of what I do is based on what students ask me. So I remember that this was the month of January and it was exams were around the corner. In India, exams happened around March or so. And students were saying that you know we can't remember so much information, and and it's interesting you talk about memory palace, because one of the first videos that I made, uh, moving into the study tips domain broadly, was called how to remember most, how to remember hundred uh, percent of what you study. I I think that was perhaps what the title was, and I brought in this Sherlock Holmes memory palace idea and because I I do watch a lot of Sherlock Holmes as to how you can remember information by building this story around it and I think I gave an example of the periodic table and I picked up all the 10 or 20 first 20 elements of the table and I said hey here's a little story that I've built around it I took a balloon and all of that so I said why don't you learn your information like this and they came back and said this is fantastic can you tell us how to structure our time, because we don't know, uh, we don't have a timetable. So the next thing I did was I made a timetable and so on and so forth. And they said, give us last minute exam tips. So I did last minute exam tips. And then the exams got over and they said, hey, you know, the new year is starting. How can we plan our way such that in the new year we, we study in a manner that's effective so we don't have to do these last minute exam tips? So that's when I started doing research on how can you study effectively. And I first did 10 scientific, the best 10 scientific study tips. And that was oriented towards students saying, hey, if you can do this all year round, you won't have any problem before the exams. And then a lot of people came around with this idea of study less rather than study more. And how there was some research on how if you study actually beyond 16 hours a day, It's unproductive. And and I sort of delved into that and made this video called Study Smart, Don't Study Hard. And that today is the biggest video on my channel because a lot of people resonated with the idea that, you know, in India and in, in developing countries, parents sort of tell the child to study all the time. So it's like you raise your head above your books and your parents will say, go back into your room. So they loved it when I told them that you don't have to study all the time. Just be smart about, be productive. And whenever you're sitting at your table, get the most out of that time and then move out, go play. So that video did really well. And I'm so glad it did because I truly believe that students need to come out of their rooms. They need to learn how to communicate. They need to get some fresh air. I mean, we just can't be boxing kids into a room and telling them to study all the time.
0: I think you made a a very interesting point in one of your videos about studying. I think it was 10 tips for effective studying. And one of those falls in line with what you're saying here. Along those cycles of 20-minute bursts, uh, split up at five-minute breaks. But the, the best point I think you made was the fact that it's a different formula for every student and that everybody needs to find that rhythm. So it's almost like if I'm and tell me if I'm interpreting this correctly, I feel like it's almost like you have to find your rhythm and go with the flow instead of constantly fighting this uphill battle where you're fighting exhaustion or boredom or things like that. Instead, you kind of let you you made the comment where hey, you notice your mind start wandering. Okay, now that's your indication it's a time for a break. Get up, do something and then circle back. Am I encapsulating that Accurately? Absolutely. So, uh, in the video, I
1: talk about the Pomodoro technique, which says that after 25 minutes, you need to take a break for five minutes. But clearly, 25 minutes is not everyone's perfect timing. So, I say to them that find your own. And there's a technique in there given as to how you can find your own uh, perfect timing where you're going to concentrate. And the moment your attention wavers, don't stress don't push yourself, get up from there, walk away. And when you come back, your subconscious mind will have sort of worked it out yourself. And when you come back, things will just suddenly seem so clear to you. Uh, In fact, I followed up this video with another video on how to focus and concentrate, where the, the reason I did that was because when I did this first video and I told people that find your perfect time period for which you can concentrate a lot of people came back to me saying we've got a concentration of the goldfish we can't sit for more than two minutes and I said okay so I think we've got a greater problem here is it's greater than finding your period of concentration is is increasing that period of concentration so the second video that I did on productivity uh, sorry on uh, how to increase your focus and concentration is about how you can start with five minutes and finally end up with concentrating for one hour. And I try to talk to them about a technique to do it because I feel now with social media and distractions and this constant notifications, students just don't, are not able to concentrate for more than five or ten minutes at a time.
0: What is, what is this technique? True.
1: So this is a technique actually from a Buddhist monk uh, where he says that uh, keep everything aside, all your distractions aside, everything aside, and go into the sacred space. So there's a room that you create, which is exactly the way you like it. Ideally clean and well lit, but exactly the way you like it. And it's quiet, nobody disturbs you. Go into that room for exactly five minutes. And keep a timer, if you like, and go in with your favorite subject. And just for those five minutes, read the chapter, ask yourself or read a paragraph and summarize it. Ask yourself a question on that paragraph. Try to basically, when you're reading in those five minutes, actively read just for five minutes. And if you get distracted, remind yourself that you literally only got one and a half minutes left. And after that, you can get up. And at the end of five minutes, no matter how much you're concentrating, close your books and leave. And the next time you go back there after a few hours, try to extend the five minutes to seven minutes and so on and so forth. But the golden rule here is you shouldn't use that room for eating, drinking, watching television, checking your mobile phone or any of those things. Even if it's a little corner in the room, even if it's a little chair, it should be absolutely sacred. So go in there only when you want to concentrate. Go in only for the amount of time that you concentrate. And the moment you stop uh, focusing, get up and leave. And slowly as you keep doing that, and I tried this myself. You know, I've got, as you know, you run a podcast, I run a YouTube channel, and you know how it is. We try, we're a one-man army. Literally, I have a, a couple of people who help me, but you know the range of activities that we could get involved in. I was not able to concentrate on my work. And I tried this where I kept my study room completely sacrosanct. I leave my phone outside. I leave everything outside. I just go into work and I get up when I'm not concentrating. And today, every time I go in there, my mind automatically concentrates for as long as i want and for as long as i sit there so it's now my slave as long as i'm in the room uh provided i don't misuse the room so that was my second video that followed the study tips video that you saw it's called how to focus and concentrate
0: that's very cool uh All of this is incredible information, especially I I think that last one is really cool. And I think for any parents listening uh, or, or students listening, I would definitely try that to expand your focus and attention, especially in a world like like Chetna said, there's so many distractions and that actually is. Decreasing our attention span. So I think all of this has been amazing advice, Chaitna. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and talking about your channel and sharing all these incredible tips. Uh, if people want to check out your website, your YouTube channel, all that stuff, maybe even reach out to you, how can they do that?
1: So they just need to go onto YouTube and type chat Chat. It's C H E T C H A T. I have a website called uh, chetchat.in, so it's chetchat.in, and uh, my email address is chetna at chetchat.in, so that's chetna, chetna at chetchat.in. And, in fact, when they go onto the channel or they go onto the website, they'll find all my contact details there. We also have a WhatsApp number where a lot of students are part of groups, etc., so if they want to join those student communities, they can get onto the WhatsApp uh, groups as well. And I'm happy to answer any of their questions if they write to me. If I spot it, I personally try to answer quite a few questions. Of course, I, I don't promise I'll answer all, but I try to spend at least an hour or two every day answering questions on my own across
0: all platforms. Awesome. So, uh Excellent. All right. So, yes. and so, all right. Thank you again, Chetna. Thank you so much. And, guys, if, you, if you're if listening to that and you want to reach out uh, and you missed that information, well, it's a podcast. You can just rewind, or you can check out the show notes at scalarlearning.com. Just go to the podcast section, check out this episode, and all that information will be in there. And, if you want to check out our YouTube channel, go to YouTube and search for Scalar Learning. We've got videos on ACT math, SAT math, IC math, and we got a new math music video dropping very shortly. So make sure to be checking out for that. And you can also follow us on Instagram where we have awesome math memes, as well as math infographics to teach you all the nitty gritty for high school, middle school math. Thank you guys so much for joining and I'll see you all next time. Take it easy. Scalar Learning that's going